Justice Tech Pros here. Today's episode is gonna. Um, there's really no general topic here. We're just gonna. I just wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, what's going on. I mean, what the world is being faced with, what our country is being faced with, and the impact of it. And you know, these are. Uh, I don't know these are historical times right now. You know, nothing really kind of compares to what we're going through. I mean, the only thing that kind of is close from what I've read and understand is the uh, Spanish flu of, I believe it was 1918. But right now in our times, we haven't really experienced anything remotely like this. I mean, we haven't places completely shutting down, countries shutting down. It's unprecedented. And, you know, it's it's scary for a lot of people. You know, and the unknown is always scary. You just don't know when it's going to end, when um, when things are going to start improving. Because all we're seeing is numbers going up every day. And that's uh, sobering. You know, you see those numbers climbing. It's <clears throat> It's a scary feeling for families, for people. And, you know, when you're going through times like this, the way I approach it is I try to take things one day at a time. You know, you can't you can't look at the big picture when you're experiencing something of this magnitude. Because if you do, it, it almost becomes overwhelming, you know. So if you try to take it one day at a time, and as you wake up, you deal with that day. And you got to try to disconnect a little bit. You know, you got to shut the news off uh, and just kind of spend time. You know, the one, the one silver lining during all this, I think we could all say, you know, a lot of people are getting the time to spend with their loved ones that you normally don't get. You know, you get that bonding time with your family. And it allows you to reflect a little bit and reprioritize your life and really understand what is important. Sometimes we all get lost in the hustle and bustle and between careers and responsibilities. You, you just kind of lose sight of taking pleasure in the little things, the things that matter most. So I, I take solace in that. You know, I try to live in the moment and enjoy the good things that I do have, you know, and the good things that are going on and the bonding time and being able to interact with my family one-on-one. -on -one. When normally when you're working, it's hard to do that. You know, it's hard to schedule that kind of time. So, you know, it just goes back to living that one day at a time and just trying to enjoy it as it comes. But with that said, it, you know, there's a lot of uh, tragic things going on in the country, in the world. I mean, people are dying. I mean, even the way they're dying is just horrible. So many people are dying alone, which is so tragic in of itself, you know, because they're not allowed to have uh, their loved ones with them because of the, uh, because of the uh, virus. And it's just a sad thing to think about. It. And my heart really breaks for families that are going through this and having to deal with such a horrible event. There's really nothing to say to console somebody dealing with that. And when you think about, you know, uh, funerals, they can't have proper uh, ways of remembering or traditional ceremonies to remember their loved ones. It's just a horrible, tragic, heartbreaking situation. It really is. You know, uh, you just got to kind of press on and try to comfort those who are hurting 
and try to be there for them, be there for your loved ones. And, you know, just keep, you know, be strong for those who rely on you. And just keep pushing through. You know, this is, this is the times where you, where you truly see the best of people or the worst in people. And unfortunately, I've seen a lot of bad. I mean, from headlines and you see what a lot of these people are doing where you get, you know, morons in plain English going out. Uh, I was reading stories of some moron coughing on people. He didn't have the virus, but he was telling people he did. I mean, what a moronic thing to do. A real, real idiot. And then you see people buying up all the supplies and then charging a huge price and selling them on eBay, you know, taking opportunities like this to profit. And it's just, as I said, you see the best and the worst. And then you see those on the front lines who are, who are truly inspiring, you know, and they're putting their lives at risk to help humanity. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. They're fighting all the first responders. They're fighting for humanity. They're fighting for the human race to, um, to, to beat this and to survive. And when you hear about doctors passing away and nurses, and it's, it's tragic. And it's just a terrible thing, I mean, on their families, on these poor people that are, you know, devoted their lives to help people. And they're being faced with this pandemic. And in the midst of them trying to help somebody, they contract the disease. And then they wind up passing. I mean, it's such a horrible, sad, sad situation. There's really no words for things that are that sad. It's just a matter of, unfortunately, you got to just keep going on. And again, trying to comfort those who are close to you, who may be experiencing hard times who may be going through something that's just, you know, where there's no rhyme or reason. A lot of times in life, things are just so sad and so upsetting, there's no words for them. And when there's no words, me personally, sometimes I just, I'll tell the person, there's nothing I could say, but I'll be here. You know, I'm here for you. Whatever you need, I'm there. There's nothing I could tell you to make this right. There's nothing I could tell you to make this better. There's no rhyme or reason for it. It's just a tragic, tragic situation. And there's nothing I could say or do to make it any better. But I will be here. And I'll keep going. You know, and whatever whatever's needed, I'll be by that person's side when they need me. And that's all we could really do to try to do your part, to be a good person, you know. And now's the time to try to help one another. You know, help your family, help your friends. Just try to do your part. I mean, this is what's going to distinguish those who are made of something good and those who are not. And you got to step up. You know, you can't crumble under these times. You got to step up, put on your game face, and pretty much keep going. You know? And that's uh, that's what we're all faced with right now. And, you know, you know it's there's no right right or wrong answer on how to proceed. I mean, they're shutting down, you know, a lot of things. They're shutting down a lot of industries. My my business is actually considered an essential business, but I made a lot of accommodations because I don't want people in harm's way. You know, fortunately, in uh, the line of work I'm involved in, you could do things electronically. So there's no reason to go into the office. Even if you can, you could convert. You know, we have the ability to do everything online. 
I put cameras in to do meetings and whatever I have to do. But, you know, I, I made the whole setup so I don't have to go anywhere. And those who work with me don't, don't have to go anywhere. And that's what's, uh, you got to try to make common sense accommodations. You know, but it, it's scary in the sense that there's no there's no right right or wrong way going about it. Because ideally, yes, you want everybody locked in. Uh, as far as the spread goes, you know, you, that's the only way to contain it. It's, you know, would tell me and would, uh, what everybody seems to believe, which I agree with. But there's a flip side to that, which I understand. You know, you have people, and I, and I can relate to it indirectly. You know, you, you need to still make a living. You need to still, you know, you got to still pay your mortgage. Uh, if you pay your insurance yourself, you got to still pay your insurance, you know, and and it's 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 a scary situation. In one breath, you have to stay home, and then in the next breath, you, you got to support your family. And there's no right or wrong, you know, uh, way around that. You know, there's no definitive answer. It's really just making the best decision you can at that time, and you have to just kind of weigh importance. And that's how you have to look at it. You know, what's what's more important? And of course, it's important to provide for your family. But number one should be health, you know, and that's what you got to kind of put in your head. You just want to make sure your family's healthy and everybody gets through this okay. And everybody in your family gets through this okay. So you have to kind of put that in your mind to, to make peace with any um, obstacles that you're being faced with where it relates to providing for your family. You know, you got to reprioritize and you got to just put health at the forefront right now and then deal with that you know just make sure everybody gets through everything okay and as long as the family and friends and loved ones stay healthy the next obstacle that you look to solve would be uh the financial impact of it and but that you know that's it's easier said than done and i and i could relate to that and i understand that you know i have a lot of uh, friends and even clients and stuff where, you know, as much as they understand the need to shut down, they don't want to shut down. That's their livelihood. You know, and they're worried that when things start up again, there may not be anything to go back to. You know, a few of my friends who own companies and they're worried about when they start up again, are they get, you know, are they going to be able to run their company still? Are they going to have an occupation? It's scary times. It's unsettling times. And the future is very... Uh, unstable right now and it's really it's an it's a new i think this is pretty much new ground and new territory for everybody right now you know and um navigating it's going to be very difficult and, and i do believe it's going to take a long time to come out of this and i believe things are going to change a lot i even think just the way we interact the way we greet one another, I, I could really see handshakes being a thing of the past. And, you know, that may be for the better. It really may be for the better because now we're a little more knowledgeable on transmissions of these, you know, uh, potentially dangerous virus and um, preventing it. You know, I was watching this doctor. Uh, his name was Dr. David Price. And this gentleman is uh, on the front line. He's in uh, a New York City hotel. Uh, hotel. He's in a New York City hospital, and he's dealing with, you know, he said the hospital's 
That's all they're really dealing with right now. They're just dealing with COVID-19 patients. And he gave a great explanation. It's on our Facebook. If you get a chance, watch it. It's an hour-long video, but it's very informative. And it actually makes you feel a little better in the sense that he really breaks down how this thing is uh, transmitted. And it boils down to touching your, your, your face, touching your eyes, touching your mouth, touching your nose. And he was saying he feels very confident he's not going to get it because now he understands it. And he was explaining as long as you're washing your hands and you're not touching your face, there's no way of really getting it. The only other way, he said, which is a possibility, which is unlikely, you would have to be very close with somebody who's infected and talking with them like in an isolated area, he said, with like no ventilation for like between 15 and 30 minutes. So the 99% of the people, he said, are getting it from touch, you know, whether they touch a surface or they touch somebody infected and then they touch their face, whether it's their eyes, their nose, or their mouth. So it really stresses the importance of Obviously not shaking hands, but always washing your hands, whether you touch something and try to be conscious of touching your face. I know me, I have to make myself very conscious of that because when I started focusing on it, I never realized how much I do rub my eyes, you know, or, uh, uh, you know, anything, Uh, touch my face, grab my chin, you know, uh, I'm very conscious of it now and I realize how often I do that. So I got to try to really focus on that. And it's important to be aware of those things. And, you know, these are just uh, changes that are going to have to be made. And right now, you know, if you have young kids, it's hard to explain to them what's going on and how to navigate that without, you know, you don't want to panic them. You don't want to send them, have them worry about it. You try to shield them from all that. So you got to... It's a delicate situation. Everybody has their own style. You know, me, I, I have my own style with things. I try to uh, have my family understand what's important, focus on that, and be grateful for what we do have, be grateful that everybody's healthy, and just take things one day at a time. You know, and I believe in just shielding your kids from your worries and what you're really concerned about. You know, let them be kids. That, that's my style. I'm not into breaking things down like that. I don't know, I look at it like, you know, you only have one shot at being a kid, so I want them to enjoy that for as long as long as they can, you know, uh, especially my young my younger children. But it's, uh, it's a hard situation, it really is, and again, I, I, I hear these numbers out of Italy and all these people dying, and it's, it's frightening, and my heart just breaks for these families. And you read these sad stories. I was reading a story uh, one of my friends had on his Facebook. Uh, he posted about a priest who gave up. It was an older priest. He gave his ventilator up for a younger person. And then that priest wound up dying. I mean, you're hearing all these acts of heroism and, and courage. And, you you know, you really see how beautiful some people could be. And it's, it's just, it's very sad. It really is. It's a sad situation. And you got to just try to be a good person, get through it, help each other out. You know, don't, don't, you get these people going out there, they're hoarding everything, they're buying everything. I mean, even with that process, if I was ever in a, if I'm ever out and I see an older person trying to get something, I'm going to give whatever I can to help that person. I mean, you have to help those in need, those who are not capable of doing certain things. 
and you just see some horrible footage, I mean, online of people fighting and punching each other over toilet paper. It's it's insane. You know, you really see what a lot of people are about, and that's the shame part of it. But for the most part, I see a lot of good. I, I do see a lot of good, especially in New York. I mean, we're in the we're in pretty much uh, ground zero for this. I mean, I think we have the most cases by far. And you see these poor doctors and nurses that are exhausted and they just keep going and going and scientists working on it and they just keep going and first responders. And I'm actually working on something uh, visually to honor to honor what's going on, to honor the first responders. And I think people are going to really like it. I commissioned an artist for it and I'm excited about when it's done. I'm going to be putting it up. But, you know, it's just... Uh, Now's the time to really just reflect on things. And I just hope everybody's doing well and I hope everybody's taking necessary precautions. And if we got to lock in more, we got to lock in more. I mean, if that's what it's going to take, that's what it's going to take. Again, it's not an easy thing. You know, you're trying to provide for your family, but it's a, it's a necessity. So what choice do we really have? Sometimes things are out of our control and you got to just accept that, you know, and keep pushing forward. That's the only way you, you succeed. You just got to keep pushing forward. You got to be strong and you got to try to be positive. You know, even in the most depressing of times, you got to try to be positive because it's very easy to always be a, a Debbie Downer and always be depressed about things and always make a moss of things and always, you know, look at the dark side. That's easy. To me, I see that every day. I see people doing that all the time. Uh, I'm surrounded by people like that, but I'm complete opposite. You know, I, to me, I try to just keep going on. Try to look at the good things, try to focus on the good things, and, and accept things I can't change, and just keep uh, doing what I'm good at, you know, and, and making sure I'm there for my family, and making sure they know whatever it is, I'll do my best to take care of it, and that's it. That's all, you know, we could do. We could all only do our part. What I don't understand is you get some of these um, younger people... You know, you see them still going to spring break, still still going, still having gatherings. And what I don't get is I, I just don't understand where the parents are in that because that'll be the day I allow that to take place. You know, right now, you know, I, I take the position that's great. You know, let's just say my kids aren't that way, but let's just say they were where they wanted to go to spring break. They want to do that. That's not happening. It's just not happening. I'm not allowing something like that. I, I you know, I... I almost mock them and say that's cute that you think you're going to be allowed to do that but you're not you're going to stay home I don't care about spring break I don't care about this it is what it is you could hate me I'm not here to be your friend I'm here to be your parent and that's what I'm going to do my job as a parent is to protect my kids so I really couldn't care about the whole whether they like me or not not when I'm trying to protect them and I just don't understand you know I just don't understand these things where you see these young kids partying. And unfortunately, now you're reading stories about a lot of these kids contracting it. You know, they went down, they, they carefree, they they partied, they had their uh, fun. And now these, these poor kids are contracting it. And they don't deserve that. They just, they, I don't want to say they're not intelligent, but they're just not thinking. You know, you, you got to think in life. And I, and I instill that in my kids. You always got to think in risk versus reward. What are you risking and what's the reward? So you're risking your life for what? Partying? That's not even something that would be on the table. It's not even an equation that's 
even remotely worth considering. And that's the problem. You know, they're, they're not understanding the grasp of it, you know. And that's the job of the parents to explain that to them. And uh, when I see that not happening, it's really disappointing. I mean, I just don't get it. I saw a local, uh, it was someone in law enforcement that went on uh, one of my local networks up here. It was like one of those uh, uh, local blogs for one of the towns. And I don't know if it was like the chief or something, a police something, but he was basically saying he was driving around and he still saw kids in the park. He still saw kids hanging out and he just couldn't understand why the parents are allowing that. And I got to say, as far as that goes, I, I agree with him because it's just not happening. Your kids got to stay home. That's it. You know, uh, create things for them to do in the house. You know, it's just, unfortunately, this isn't the time for parties. This ain't the time for hanging out. It's a serious time. You got to take precautions, and that's the end of it. And that's what's got to be done. You got to try to stay home. You got to try to self-quarantine to break it. I mean, that seems like the only way to break the cycle. I was I was even reading about that... Um, that Spanish flu I was talking about, and they kind of did the same thing. They shut down everything. Shut down schools, shut down churches. The numbers were far greater, unfortunately. I mean, the number of deaths were, I think it was over 600,000. After all was said and done, it was really bad, but we don't want to be nowhere near that. So we have to, in today's day and age, we got to make sure we prevent that. You know, I was always seeing like the, the which we're all seeing, all the, all the numbers climb. But the one number that's climbing that I was happy about is the amount of people who recovered. And the last I looked, it had 143,128 recovered from the uh, from coronavirus. And that was out of 669,102 cases. So I like to see that that number is going up, that the amount of people recovering from it is, is increasing. That's a positive thing, so... Hopefully that keeps happening, you know, and and um, hopefully I, I've been hearing some, uh, but nothing definitive. Just uh, I'm sure everybody heard it about uh, a drug for malaria that apparently had some kind of positive improvements. I'm just hoping they come up with a, a good treatment, eventually a vaccine, and then hopefully you know this uh, this is something in our past. But I think it's going to take a while to get over this, and you know. One topic that kind of ties into the show, the show's theme, which is unfortunate, is, you know, I was seeing that in one one good side, they are letting a lot of people out, you know, of the jails who deserve to be out, the elderly people at high risk. But then I was also seeing they're letting certain people out who were a big-time danger to society. Like, I was reading one case, they let the guy out, and then the guy went, and he uh, robbed a girl and beat a girl and put a gun to the girl's head. And you see cases like that where they're letting them out. And then I'll see cases where there's older gentlemen in their 70s and 80s, but they're not letting them out because they have a label attached to their conviction, you know, whether they're being accused of being part of some kind of uh, enterprise. They have some kind of label attached so they don't get to get out. So what's just unbelievable about, about that to me is they'll let out somebody who is clearly a danger to society, who has a record of beating women, raping women, robbing, where it affects the community. They'll let somebody like that out. But they won't let out an older person who has severe health problems, who's elderly, 
who's really not going to be out and about, who really doesn't doesn't have any potential of being a risk to society. They're going to be home trying to avoid getting sick. They won't let them out because they have a, a supposed label or a supposed title. How does that make any sense? I mean, even in these times, they're still going to hold on to that nonsense. Shouldn't they be evaluating things based on common sense and not based on labels? I mean, if you have somebody who who's convicted of rape, who's... Uh, accused of beating people, robbing people, and you're going to let them out over somebody who was convicted of, say, conspiracy or, you know, being part of a, a racketeering, you're not going to let that person out because there's a, a stigma with that? Now, I think society knows there's really no danger to the community on letting somebody like that out as opposed to a rapist or uh, some of these other climbs, you know, a severe uh, drug addicts or anything where, I mean, it's just a common sense determination. Some people don't even know what racketeering is or don't even know what conspiracy is, but they know what uh, robbing robbery is. They know what assault is. They know what, you know, uh, rape is. And it, it just goes to show that even in these times, that whole stigma is not looked at you know, in, in a fair way. They don't look at the individual. They don't look at their age. They just look at the label and the title and they make the decisions based on that. And it's scary because you have a lot of older people who are in jail who are at a high risk for contracting the virus. And unfortunately, the older you are, you have a compromised immune system, your odds aren't good if you get it. And, and for them to be making decisions not based on that criteria, but based on the fact that they feel they're supposedly hold some kind of position. But in reality, they're really not a threat to society. They could say whatever they want, but I think if you poll the public and you ask who's more of a threat, a rapist or somebody who's supposedly an organized crime, anybody with common sense would <laughs> pick, a, you know, the, the answer is pretty clear. And it's just, uh, you know, it's it's a shame how these things play out, even in this time, you know, how, how blatantly biased and one-sided these decisions are. And the families, you know, you, you almost know you don't have a shot. You don't have a shot of your lo- loved one getting out and, and being safe. And we're not saying getting out to be free. We're saying, put as I said on a prior episode, you put on house arrest. You know, you keep them home in the confines of their own house. They're not a danger to anybody. They can't leave their house. That's it. End of story. But by keeping them in there, you're basically saying, you know, the, the, the justice system's basically saying, oh, well, let them risk it. If they die, they die. That's, that's pretty much what they're saying. They could paint it any way they want, but those are the facts. And it's just a shame with these, uh, again, we're in unprecedented times. We've never been unfamiliar ground. And to make these decisions with using the exact same discriminatory uh, train of thought that was used prior, once again, it's unfair. And that's not justice, but yet it's happening. It's happening, you know, time and again. You're not going to see... You're not going to see people who have any of these labels get out on these uh, releases where they're releasing all the inmates. Unfortunately, you're just not going to see it. 
you'll see a lot of people with some bad crimes get out who are accused of some bad things or who are guilty of some bad things. You'll see them get out who are clear, you know, and, and I'm not saying they don't deserve to get out. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but it should be equal. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying one should get it, get out over the other. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is it just should be equal. Go by the crimes across the board and go by the ages and go by the risk factor. Don't go by the titles. That's what I'm saying. You know, you can't, you can't do that. You're supposed to leave all that at the door. Just go by whatever the factors are that they're using to determine who gets released. Hold that same set of standards across the board. Don't throw it out the window when it comes across an inmate who may have been a, a high-profile inmate or a high-target inmate. If you had a, a set standard or a set rule that you're going by, then carry it across the board. Don't pick and choose who to use it for. That's all I'm saying. <clears throat> because, you know, there's a lot of people who are accused of some heinous crimes who maybe, you know, deserve to get out. You know, maybe, maybe uh, they're innocent. Maybe for whatever reason, I'm not even going down that road. My point is really has nothing to do with that. All, all, it has to, all I'm saying is it just should, should be the same standard for everybody. And that's not happening. I see it already. A few people who went try to get out, they had an apparent, uh, uh, a supposed label attached to them, and they're not getting out, it's as clear as that, and it's just a shame, and that's really it for today, you know, there's, uh, it's almost, you know, kind of changed gears now on the show the last couple episodes, because the truth is, we have something much more larger in front of us to deal with. So I just wanted to talk to the listeners based on that. You know, there's a bigger there's a bigger obstacle in front of everybody that's affecting everybody. And I think now people just need to hear things along those lines and just know that everybody's on the same boat and we're all just trying to get through this. And again, just um, take it day by day. And I'll talk to you soon. Good luck to everybody. Everybody stay, stay safe and stay well. And if you could stay home, please try to stay home until this thing passes. Good luck. Talk to you soon.